Um, this morning we're going to continue our series called Under Pressure. Look to your neighbor and say, Under Pressure. I have a couple verses I'm going to give to you, and then we're going to go into everything that God's given me. Y'all ready? I said, are y'all ready this morning? Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Jonah, chapter 1. Open up to the book of Jonah, chapter 1. Um, this is what God's Word says. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up. Someone shout, get up. Look to your neighbor say, go. God said to um, Jonah, son of Amittai, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. This is a great city. It's also a wicked city, is, um, God says. But Jonah got up, went in the opposite direction to go away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket, went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Sounds like a lot of us here. When God speaks, we run. Amen. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? Get up, pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crews cast lots to see which one of them had offended the gods and caused this terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us all, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? I felt like, like that was my wife talking to me just now, all these questions. But Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says this. We have... We have this treasure. In earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not ourselves. 2020 has been a year. <laughs> if you're a sports fan, the death of Kobe. If you lived any time, COVID-19. And now we live in such pressure in regards to racial tensions all around the world. And there are so many voices that are screaming loud for you to pick a side. All Lives Matter wants you to pick this side. Black Lives Matter wants you to pick this side. The church really don't know what side they want to pick. But there are all these noises screaming all around the world, whose side are you going to listen to? Verse 1, and the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. I want to ask all of you this morning this question. Does God speak? So we can all pretty much come to this answer collectively that God is still speaking to his people. Is that correct? The next question I want to ask all of you this morning is anyone, though, 
listening? Is anyone listening? We live in a time where people are listening to CNN. They're listening to ABC News. They're listening to small groups in churches all around the world. But who are we listening to? And the Lord gave this message to Jonah. And the word of the Lord came to him. I wonder what word are you speaking? Is it a word that came to you from ESPN or is it a word that came from him? Well, Pastor Mark, you got to pick a side right now. I pick the side of the Lord. Pastor Mark, you're hiding. I am not hiding. I don't care what people are saying. I don't, what, I don't care what people are going to say about me and what label they're going to put on my life. I will speak when God speaks to me. We talked last week. When did the government give us the right to speak when it comes to this pulpit? And I want to tell you, when did the world become the, the voice, the platform for us to speak in this pulpit? God orchestrated this. God ordained this, and God's going to continue this till he breaks the sky through a trumpet. Can somebody give God praise if you believe that this morning? I don't believe in racism. I, I, in fact, I hate, I can't stand racism. But at the end of the day, this is a place of his presence, not politics. And I will stand on the side of God whenever you speak to me. I can imagine what Moses felt like. Dealing with close to two million people, and they're all bickering, and they're all complaining. Moses, do this. Moses, said this. Moses, take us here. And all Moses did was stay in a tent. God, I don't want to go unless you go with me. I see why. Because if he said anything other than what God said, they would have killed him. You see, I'm okay with the devil attacking me. Because if the devil attacks me, I can, I can call on God to take care of him. But what happens when God is the one whipping you? What happens when the God, is the God is the one causing the discipline? Because if you read the scripture, the Bible says, and God caused a great wind, a great storm on the sea. Satan didn't cause that. God did. Someone shout, God did it. Because there are certain things decisions and choices you will make that not only will the storm impact you, but it will impact everyone that is in your vicinity. You see, uh, I was on, I was, I was at the lake uh, yesterday, got a little tan, actually got sunburn on my left shoulder, which is really weird, not my right shoulder or anything else. And when I was on the boat, PJ Sutherland was, a, he was just, man, just, oh my gosh, he was just, um, educated me on all these boats. And it's crazy. There was one boat that drove up. Dude, it, I think it was like a $2 million boat. That one, I was like, how fast is that thing going? He goes, I think 80 miles an hour. I was like, how fast is your boat going? He goes, 40. Is that not right? Is that not true? I was like, have you ever taken it faster? He goes, 40. <laughs> because not all boats are created equal. There are sailboats. There are rowboats, there are speedboats, and then there are yachts. And when a storm comes, each one experiences the storm different. 
And if you're not careful, you'll take your, your place where you're positioned as if everyone else is experiencing the same thing like you do. You, man, this storm ain't bad. Yeah, because you're not rowing. And if you get to a place where your perspective is the only position, if you ever get to a place where you take your opinion as the only source of information, you will become the biggest bigot this world has ever seen. Not realizing that not everybody is on the same boat, but everyone is in the same storm. Amen. And so we see Jonah in a storm. Why is Jonah in a storm? Because God spoke to him and he went in the opposite direction. In fact, some scholars believe that he ran 2,500 miles away from the place of purpose that he was supposed to be going. 2,500 miles in the wrong direction. And some scholars believe that if he went in the right direction, it, it, will, it only would have taken 500 miles. And so he wastes 2,500 miles of time, talent, and treasure of his life that he could never get back. All because he had a difference in his heart than what God spoke. A lot of times, I don't know if you've ever been in this place, God speaks to you to do something and you don't do it. Am I the only one who's ever experienced that in my life a million times over? God told you to speak something to a person, you're like, nah, God later. God tells you to go here, and you're like, uh, like Jonah, I'm going in the opposite direction. Am I the only one that's ever felt this before? This is, this, my wife's like, no, because she's perfect and knows everything. Pray for her for the spirit of humility. Amen. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. And so here we find this pressure to speak something that he doesn't agree with. See, understand this. Jonah's a prophet. Not only is he a prophet, he is the only one in the Old Testament called to the Gentiles. No one has ever done what God has told Jonah to do before. It's not like he has a place of reference to get some kind of idea. How do I do this? His calling has always been comfortable because it's always been connected to the culture he was grown into. And now we find God calling Jonah into a new crowd. And it's nothing more frustrating than to have a calling and to go into a place that you've never been before. A crowd that you've never experienced before. And here is Jonah. In fact, the Bible says, um, not the Bible, but scholars believe one or two reasons. If you read on um, in chapters 3 and 4, you would come to realize that Jonah hated Nineveh. Hated Nineveh. Not only did he hate Nineveh, but he hated God for calling him to preach to Nineveh because he knew. Jonah would later on say that you are a gracious, kind God. And I know if I preach this, you'll forgive them. I know if I give this to them, you'll turn your heart towards the people. I don't want to give it to them. And the two reasons some scholars believe that Jonah hated Nineveh, number one, that they think some Ninevites killed his wife. Other scholars believe, believe it or not, that Jonah was prejudiced or racist. 
and did not want to go to Nineveh with the message God gave him, God placed on him to give to them. There's nothing more frustrating than to be able to have some kind of value and don't know how to disperse it. To be given some kind of product but don't have any package to carry it out. I mean, how many of you, how many mothers do we have in the house? Make some noise. All right. How many of you have been to Walmart already five million times this week? Raise your hand, all right? Or a couple of hands. Some of you are being honest. Some of you need to ask forgiveness at the end of the service. But how frustrating, women, would it be if you went to Walmart and you got all your groceries? You got your bread, your eggs, your OJ, your oatmeal, and for all you keto people, all your keto stuff, for all you sinful people like me, when it comes to eating, you got all your sugars and salts and sodiums and this stuff. You go to the cash register or you go to the, you go to, um, you, you go to the lady. You put all the stuff on the conveyor belt. They start scanning. You go to pay, but they don't have any paper bags for you to carry any of it out. How frustrating would that be? Man, can you imagine carrying all your groceries by hand? Eggs are spilling. The flour drops. Man, it explodes. It's a hot mess in the Walmart parking lot. Someone shout amen. You know, you know, I mean, I mean, how many of you are going out to eat after church this morning? If I'll take you. <laughs> let's say, let's say you go to whatever restaurant you go and man, after Pastor Mark preaches a two-hour message, you're like, man, I'm very hungry right now. I'm just getting another two-hour message. You're like, man, I'm really hungry right now and man, I can't wait to get that steak or for all you bird-loving eaters, you, your salad, you know? And man, it's like, you wait. have any of you ever waited 30 to 45 minutes for your dinner plate or lunch plate? How frustrating or how nerve-wracking would it be as you see the waiter or waitress approach you and they, they have the food and it smells good, but it's in their hand? What would you say? You would say, where's the, where's the plate? I see the food in your hand, but where's the plate? I, I don't care how good a steak is. You better not bring it in your hand, Marshall. You hear me? I love you, brother, but I don't know where your hand's been. You know what I'm saying? That would be gross. That would be disgusting because even though this plate costs two cents, by itself it's useless. But man, it has purpose when there's a product placed on it. And a lot of times, man, what ends up happening in the, as believers like Jonah, you get to a place where you think you're the power and you forget you're the plate. And what ends up happening is when you switch from being the when you switch from being the plate and you think you're the product, you end up taking God's place. And there's nothing more frustrating than taking the place of God. They deserve this. This should happen to them. This is what they have coming to them. Really? Last time I checked, God is judge over this entire place. We got to remember our place, and our place is to always be the plate. 
Our place is to always be the carrier. Our place is to always be the vessel that he puts his anointing on, that he puts his word on, that he puts his gifts on. And all we do is we stay a carrier of whatever he puts on this plate. But if you've ever been used by God for any amount of time, somehow, somewhere, I don't know what happens. Man, you become a, you're a prophet for a certain amount of years. You've been anointed for a certain amount of time. You've, you've had so much success building God's church as if you did anything by yourself. For somehow, somehow, some way, man, we get this righteous, this self-righteous attitude as if we made it and we're the ones who are why we're in this place. And God's like, are you serious? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And so here is God speaking to Jonah. I'm taking you from a place of comfort. I'm placing my calling on you. Notice, Jonah, whenever I call you, it will always call you out of comfort. And it will always position you in a place where people will always criticize why you do what you do. But will you trust and rely on me as the pressure is put on you. The pressure of racism, the pressure of prejudice, the pressure of all lives matter, black lives matter, uh, all this, all this, the pressure of is Michael Jordan the GOAT, is LeBron James the GOAT, all this pressure. The pressure of, is it Ford? Is Ford the best truck? Is Chevy the best truck? No, daggum, if you talk to uh, Scott, Toyota's the best truck. All this pressure. If you go into kids' ministry, the, the pressure is, my daddy's better than your daddy. No, my daddy's better than your No, my daddy could beat up your daddy. My daddy could beat All this pressure of many kinds. And if you're not careful, you'll start listening to all these. I believe that we are in a season where we are growing in discernment with God's voice and noise. Where we are finally in a place where people are being tested. Have you really been following my voice or someone else's? And now we're not just seeing the world act the fool. We're seeing churches act the fool. We're seeing pastors act the fool. We're seeing church leaders all across the world act the fool. Because now God is saying, I am revealing my spirit to all flesh. How do we know what is of God and what it isn't? The Bible says, love is, that's not the first word. Love is patient. Forget kind, forget long-suffering. If you can't get past patient, none of the others matter. How do you know when someone is operating in the fruits of the Spirit? They're patient. They're patient on God's voice. They're patient on waiting for Him to speak. They're, they're, They're patient on God speaking to them in the secret place when no one is looking, where they shut the door from all the other noise, from all the other sounds, from all the other people and say, God, what? do you have to say to me? What is your will for me? Because all these other prophets are called to Israel. What is your will for me? I'm calling you as the only prophet that will ever be called in the Old Testament to preach to Gentiles. That's crazy. What happens when God speaks something on you that he's not speaking to anybody? 
when God calls you out. You see, God called Jonah out. God is calling you, Lee, out. God is calling PJU out. He's calling you. And so here we are. What qualifies us to be a worthy plate? When David Pizarro, can y'all give David Pizarro a round of applause? He went and bought all these plates. Every one of you supposedly have a plate. Some are round plates, some are square plates, some are white plates, some are colored plates. That was not by accident, that's by design. Because what qualifies you to be used by God? What qualifies you to be a carrier? What qualifies you to be a plate? Is it the makeup that you put on here? Is it the Gucci belt that you have wrapped around it? Is it the Mercedes that this is put in? No. What qualifies a plate to be cleaned and empty? And all God asks for his children, for his sons and daughters, stop putting all this other stuff on your plate. The only thing that I look for that qualifies you, just stay clean and stay empty. Someone shall stay clean and stay empty. Well, Pastor Mark, you don't understand. You know, it's okay to sleep around because my parents sleep around. God's word says stay clean and stay empty. Pastor Mark, you don't understand. You know what? Man, they cheated on their taxes. It's okay for me to cheat on my taxes. It doesn't matter. God's word to us, stay clean and stay empty. And as long, can you imagine if they used a dirty plate to put the product that was presented to you to eat? How foolish, how terrible of a mother who was raising a baby to put milk in a, in a dirty bottle. Yeah, we want God to put his blessings on a dirty plate called this vessel of flesh. And God is looking for a generation that will not just have the degrees, a generation that just doesn't know the Bible from front to back, but a generation that will be clean and empty. I know this might sound old school, and this might sound very traditional, but I still believe that God is looking for a sanctified church, one set apart to be clean and holy for his shoes. Does anybody believe that this morning? And so here is Jonah, angry. Here is Jonah, bitter. Here is Jonah, prejudiced toward this race. And what goes on in the life of Jonah, he gets to a place where he finally obeys God. The Bible says that he runs somewhere around 20, or scholars believe 2,500 miles away from place of destiny. He literally pays a toll in order to get away from God's presence. Because here's what I know. Whenever you run away from God, you will pay a price higher than what was supposed to be paid in the beginning. Because Jesus already paid the price, but when you run from God's presence, you will pay a price on your own. You'll pay a price in regards to your health, in regards to your mentality, in regards to your heart, and it will always leave you empty. And what ends up happening is we see Jonah doing just this, and he runs away from God's presence because he forgets he is supposed to be the plate. He, see, he thinks, no, 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 I'm no. Now I'm the, I'm the product, and I am the power. And he gets connected to this boat, and you know what happens? A storm comes. A storm comes, and not only does the storm attack Jonah, but it attacks anyone on the sea. See, some of you are experiencing turmoil, not because you made a bad choice, it's because you got the wrong person in your boat. 
you're like, God, why am I in this mess? God, why is it all this happening to me? It's, you're not a bad person. You just got the wrong person in the boat. And if you can experience what the, those people experience and you get the wrong person on your boat, you will experience peace. You will experience prosperity. You will experience life that God designed. But you got to stay away from the wrong people in your crowd. I want to talk to every single lady in this house just because he's cute, just because he says the, the right thing, just because he looks good. Is he godly? Does he love the Lord? Is he serving God with all his heart, all his soul, and all his mind? If he loves, if he doesn't, if he has no love for God, you better have no love for him. Is that okay? Show me your friends. If you don't like where they're going, guess what? You're going to go in the same direction if you keep connected with them. And that ship will sink one day. God's word says, I will not be mocked. Whatever a person sows, they reap. And for some of you, you're waiting, you're desiring, you're praying, God, get me out of this. You know what I've recognized in my walk with the Lord, David? That there comes a moment in our maturity where we don't pray, God, let this pass. No, 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 I'm not asking for this to pass. No, God, I'm asking you to give me a break. How did I do? I can't stand school system right now. Can I just be honest? I can't stand it. Let me tell you why, why I can't stand it. Because right now, all the kids in America got the report cards. You know, ain't none of them got a letter on it telling them they're great. It says either passed or failed. I can't stand that. I want to know what level is my son at. Because I want to push him to the higher level to be able to go further. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And what ends up happening is for, for the people who don't study, for the people who have been weak and lazy, they're like, whoo, we passed. I don't want to pass. I want to know where do I stand and what I've been and what I've been tested in. What well, how strong am I in the trials and tribulations that I've been? God, show me the level of faith that I've been exemplifying, God, to my church, to my family, more importantly to you. God, show me. God, give me my grade. I don't want this to pass. No, no, no. I want to know how strong I am. God, can you give me my grade? Is it an A? Is it a B? B minus? Is it a C? Or did I really fail? Because I don't want to repeat the same cycle over and over again. Repeating the same grade. Or let's say it a different repeating the same season of broken relationships, repeating the same season of dysfunction, repeating the same season of confusion, the same season of marital, of mar of marital just trash. Do you realize when it comes to being a carrier, you are either carrying treasure or trash? What are you carrying? What are you carrying? As a carrier, of God, as a vessel used by the Lord, as He is the potter, we are the clay. Are you, are you carrying trash or treasure today? What are you carrying? What is in your mind, trash or treasure? What is in your heart, trash or treasure? What kind of thinking do you have in your mind, trash or treasure? I wonder today, is there a people, are there men and women who say, you know what? I'm going to be a vessel used by God. I'm going to be a vessel that the Bible says a treasure that is placed in earthen vessels. 
treasure used by God to bring value, to bring, to bring miracles, to bring signs and wonders in these last days, then what is the qualification? We must be. We must be what? We must be clean and what? Empty. How do we remain clean and empty? We remain obedient. I love this about Jonah. The Bible says that he got to a place. I love this. I wasn't going to read this, but I want to go there. Jonah chapter 2. In the belly of a whale, he finally gets to a place where he is transparent before God. Because I've come to this realization, transformation will never happen until transparency takes place in our life. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. From the inside of the fish, he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. And he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. And Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean's depths. And I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wind and stormy waves. Then I said, oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves. The waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots to the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But this part is crazy. But you, oh Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death as my life was slipping away. I remember the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in the holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their back on all God's mercy. But I will sacrifice. I will offer up a sacrifice to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill my vows for my, salva for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. And the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. What happens? He remembered, I'm just playing. He is the one who has the power. The church does not have the power. Pastors and prophets do not have the power. We're nothing more than plates used by God. Last time I checked, you don't have to go to a confessional booth in order for your sins to be forgiven. Last time I checked, you don't have to have Pastor Mark or any prophet lay their hands on you, even though that's not a bad thing to do. But at the end of the day, you can have a personal, not just relationship, but fellowship with the Lord. Understand the difference between fellowship and relationship. Not everyone who has a relationship has fellowship. Relationship means just connection by blood or friends. But what happens if I don't talk to my wife over a year? I ain't gonna be married soon. Even though we have a relationship, if I stop talking to her, I stop having what? And what ends up happening to Jonah, like so many of us, we allow distance to grow in our fellowship. And what ends up happening is distance always impacts your discernment. 
your discernment of what I should do right now. Discernment how I should respond to this issue. Discernment and how I should be able to speak to my husband, to my wife, to my mom, to my dad. And what ends up happening is you spend your entire time trying to convict their heart instead of trying to ask God to heal their heart. Every time you try to make a point, you end up making the person you're trying to make a point to more angry with you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody been there in your walk in regards to building relationships? You're not the savior. You're just a carrier and an ambassador. And as long as you keep carrying what God puts on here, God will take care of the rest. I said, as long as you obey and trust the Lord, as long as you allow your heart to remain clean and empty, as long as you allow your mind to remain clean and empty of the world, God will pour out his power. As long, if you can give me a clean vessel, I'll give you my anointing. If you give me a clean vessel, I'll give you my spirit. If you give me a clean plate, I'll put everything on there that the world needs to satisfy the emptiness and longing in their soul. If you give me a clean plate, I'll take care of racism. If you give me a clean plate, I'll take care of injustice. If you give me a clean plate, I'll put the answer on it, Mark, because only I can put what this world needs to satisfy every ache and pain. Does anybody believe that this morning? Can you stand to your feet and give God praise in this house? Holy Spirit, I pray, God, every time we eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner, every time we see a bowl or a plate, we are reminded this is who we are. This is who we are. Without you, we have no purpose. Without you, God, there is no power. Without you, God, there is no reason to even function in this world. But with you, oh my God. With you, God, miracles happen. With you, God, signs and wonders, God, are given to this world. With you, an answer is given to a hopeless generation. With you, God. Every need is supplied according to your riches and glory. With you, someone shout, with God. All things are possible. But in order for that to happen, you've got to remain clean and empty. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Before God can ever use you, have you given your life for him to use? Recognize we're not dealing with a skin problem. We're dealing with a sin problem. And God doesn't want you to focus on race. He wants you to focus on his grace right here and right now. And this morning you would say, Pastor Mark, I've been running in a different direction than what God has called me to. I've been running in regards to anger. I've been running to debate. I've been running to just everything that is not of God, but I want to run to his grace. I want to run to his mercy. I want to run to his forgiveness. I want to love. I want to run to his compassion. I want to run to him. He who is full of mercy and full of grace. And you would say, Pastor Mark, you would say, Jesus, I have been running from you. I haven't given my life fully to you. But this morning, God, I want to surrender. I'm tired of running miles away. I'm tired of, Lord God, being so empty. Like I feel right now, God, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I want to rededicate my life to you. And you would say, I want to give you my life. I'm not going to ask you to come up here, but I'm gonna, I am going to ask you this so I can pray with you right now. If you want to give your life to the Lord or rededicate your life to Jesus, we just slip your hand across this body right now. I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Oh, my God of heaven, thank you for that hand. Thank you. 
Oh my God. Church, we're about to celebrate up in this place right now. We're about to celebrate. We're about to celebrate. Can you repeat this prayer with me, Jesus? I surrender to you, to your word. No others. The one whose body was broken. Whose blood ran to cleanse me, to forgive me, to save me from my sin. So God, right now, I turn from my sin. I turn from my selfish desires. And right now, God, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my soul. Thank you for loving me when I didn't love myself. Thank you for giving me purpose when I didn't have purpose. And I give you my life right now. In name I pray. Can somebody give God praise for the four people that gave their life to Jesus? Come on!